Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. How many are thankful to be at Word of Life, to have a church uh, like the church that we have? So this is not going to be an attack to any other church. And we can't really say that this is the best church in the world because that would be prideful. So we say this is one of the best churches in the world. Well, you and me know uh, the truth. But... I have had the opportunity to go to other churches, and you can ask uh, my wife. It is a breath of fresh air every time we get to come back home to here because the worship, wasn't today's worship amazing? I mean, they know how to enter in and take you there. That doesn't happen everywhere. I was just going to say that. And then to have a pastor like Pastor Joel uh, lead us every day, you know, into the word and into the presence of God. And I'm so very thankful for a pastor that is not only a good leader, but also knows how to be led. Uh, you know, and then also teaches you how to be led as well. It's a blessing. And that's why it's an honor every time I get to speak. Uh, because this pla- I respect and I honor uh, the gift that Pastor Joel is and the platform that he, uh, he's been given. So anyway, it, it's a blessing. He's going to be here next week. So like, for those of you that are like, twice in a row? I mean, like, it's good to have spice every now and then. But like Latino spice every day, I mean, it's like going to Taco Bell all the time. You don't want that. And so... So he's going to come back. Calm down. <laughs> he actually, next week, he's going to be talking on when marriage hurts. Uh, and I think we need that couple that's been married for 56 years to give us a little lesson, too. I mean, let's give him a clap. I mean, if you're over 10 years married, God bless you. I mean, you've over a decade. Oh, my goodness. That's. I'm six years in, and it's, I mean, it's been fantastic. I'm not complaining. But, uh, you know, the rapture is coming soon. I know it is. And <laughs> one thing has nothing to do with the other. Calm down. You guys are bad, man. I feel so at home every time I'm here, which is why I'm the way I am. <laughs> so anyway, so, so today we start out a new series called uh, When Life Hurts. And Pastor Joel uh, asked me if I could speak on this, and It's been an interesting uh, few days just studying about this reality because I think for some reason we've constructed this idea of Christianity that's not biblical in the sense that we think that once you are a Christian, there are no more problems. And that if there are problems, it's because there's sin in your life that you just need to address uh, because, you know, we are more than conquerors and so we should never have a problem again. But it's hard to be a conqueror if there was nothing to conquer, right? It's hard to have a victory if there wasn't a battle. And to be honest, we live in a world that is imperfect, uh, that has an enemy. But we do live with a God who is perfect. And, and, and we are perfected in him. And so there is a, the word of God says that he makes it rain over the just and the unjust. It, there's some of these things just tend to happen. And so, so we're going to talk about that. Well, what to do when life hurts. And in the past few weeks, um, 
My daughter, Amanda, she's growing. She's going to be a year in like, she's going to, yeah, a year old in like two, three weeks, which to me is super crazy. Uh, but we've come to the point, you know, at, at the beginning, we were those parents who were like, you know, you will never have sugar in your life, nor will you see a screen. Uh, you know, you will only eat vegetables and, and it's just going to be no processed food, all organic for my baby because you are a princess. Uh, and so then, uh, so we've been traveling a lot. But when we got to America, you know, that she was born in Rankin County, Mississippi. And that just does something in her. Because when we gave her grits, like, she started talking. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, no, no joke. Like, we started giving her grits and crackers and stuff. And she came alive. She's like, I'm home, baby. God bless America. <laughs> and so with that and with everything that we've been doing, uh, we put a movie on once. We were going to try it out. We needed like an hour or so of peace. And so we were like, let's see if she likes a movie. She loved, like she gravitated towards this movie. And so we've watched this movie like 30 times already. And you know how it is with kids. They like, they, they center on one thing and that's all they want to watch. They also want to see. But a good thing, it's a good movie. It's called Sing. And so it's a story about these animals, you know, and they're singing and stuff. But she loves one song specifically. It's where Johnny the gorilla is on the piano and starts to sing, I'm still standing. So, I mean, it's an Elton John song or whatever, but it's a, like, it's a powerful song. And so every time we put it on, she starts to go like this, and she's just so happy, and she loves that song. So it's a song that's been on my mind for weeks now. The title of today's message is I'm Still Standing. Uh, and I want it to be more than a title. I want it to be a confession. I want to be a confession that when life hurts, I want you to know that I will still be standing. That at the end of this situation, I will still be standing. And sometimes you just have to let people know around you, listen, I might get a little crazy through this season, but I just want you to know that at the end of this, I will still be standing. So Sometimes you even have to tell the enemy, the devil, and say it loud and clear, let me remind you, no weapon been formed against me will prosper so you can form it but it will not prosper and by the end of this situation by the end of this season when the dawn is appearing I will still be standing in the name of Jesus so let that be a confession today it's hard for me to just talk about hard moments without gravitating towards God's solutions it's hard for me to just uh, talk about when I've been through things without letting you know that in the middle of these things, I was with God and that he brought me out of these things and now I'm better on the other side. I'm bigger on the other side. Like I, there's, there's something that has been placed and deposited in me because of what I've been through. See, there are two things that God wants to do in times when life hurts. There are two things that Jesus wants to give you. One is sympathy, but the other is victory. And I cannot separate those two. See, sometimes we, we talk about, you know, and Jesus is with you always, and there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God, right? There's no angels, no demons, no, no valleys, no hills, no mountains, no nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Not only that, but Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to sympathize. So Jesus can sympathize with your hurt. 
Whatever you are going through, Jesus understands the pain. Actually, if you, if you read and study the word, it's not just sympathy. There's empathy. Says Sympathy says, oh, I'm sorry that it's happening to you. Empathy says, I know what you are going through. And Jesus empathizes with you and he understands because he's also been through it. See, what, what Jesus went through, he did not deserve. Jesus was made perfect and was perfect in everything he did, everything he said, everything. And yet he went through oppressing. Yet he went through moments that were hard to the point where he asked God, God, if you can remove this from my life, please do. Have you ever asked God to remove it? It's like, God, please, please remove this because I, I can't. But it, but it still says, let's go back to... Um, to the, the last verse, uh, do we have it? Uh, the, it disappeared on me. Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect, in all things, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So he has a perfect track record, right? Like his batting average is a 1,000. Like he knows how to go through anything you are going through, and he knows how to get out of it. But before we talk about the victory, Jesus does have sympathy. He does have empathy. He recognizes what you are going through. He acknowledges that there is pain. Sometimes we think that pain is just forgetting everything and acting like it never happened or never existed. No, no, no. When you have faith in God, it's not just acting like it never existed. It's just acknowledging that there is a greater power than what I'm feeling, than what I'm seeing. It's God in me, the evidence of glory. It's it's God in me that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That if God is for me, then who can be against me? So I, I'm not denying what I'm feeling. I'm just accepting that there is more to this season than just what I see, than just what I feel. Do I have someone today that acknowledges that God is good always, no matter what I feel, no matter what I see, he is worthy of my praise because he never fails. I got my Colombian on 100% today, so I'm sorry about that. First Peter 4.1 says, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh. He sympathizes with you. He knows what it is to suffer. Arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. And we'll talk about this. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. But it says, Jesus therefore also suffered. He knows what it is to go through a time that hurts. He knows what it is to go through times that you did not even deserve. He knows what it is to, to be backstabbed by people. He understands because he's also been through it. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. And here's a, here's a heavy word. He was crushed for our iniquities. Have your dreams ever been crushed? Have your plans ever just been crushed? Have, have your aspirations at one point in life just been crushed because of what is happening around you? That it's something you, you might not even have wanted. You know, you're, you're, at, you're good. It's a good moment. You're, you're, you're in holiness. All of these things. And yet something comes to crush you. Says upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. So, so Jesus sympathizes with you. He empathizes with you. There's empathy for what you are going through, and that's one thing I, I don't just want to skip ahead. God knows, recognizes, and sees where you are. 
He understands what you are feeling and what you are going through. Those emotional reactions that you have, he also understands. Like, don't, don't, don't feel like you have to hide it from him. No, no, go towards him. Because he has victory for you no matter what you are going through. Let's talk about this victory. Luke 4.18 says, the spirit, Jesus is talking. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. To what? To preach the gospel to the poor. And then he says, he has sent me to heal. Not just recognize, not just empathize, not just sympathize with the brokenhearted, but he came to heal. So that which has broken you, he has the remedy for. That, 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 that which, if you find yourself in a broken state, Jesus is your healing. You need to meet with Jesus and whatever has you broken, he can heal, he can restore to the point as if it never happened. Because that is the power of the blood of Jesus, that it covers a multitude of sins, it washes you white as snow as if it never happened, as if there was no trace of it ever happening in your life. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives. Reminding you that what you are going through is a season. Don't make a process permanent in your life. Now, sometimes we just think, oh, that's the way it is. I'm not just going to have to live with it with the rest of my life. No, no, no. Jesus came to remind you that there is liberty for that which is making you captive. That because you are a son and a daughter of God, there is freedom that has been prophesied over your life from whatever you are going through. Now, how long does it take? There are a lot of variables, but is there freedom? Yes, there is. By the end of this season, you will be standing in the name of Jesus. We are a victorious church in the name of Jesus. Our families are victorious in the name of Jesus. To proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Listen, Jesus wants to open up your eyes again for you to see that there is purpose in your life. And you know, the, the enemies wanted to blind you and just make you convince you that there's no more things for you to do. You know, you might as well just go to heaven right now because there's nothing else. No, he came to recover that sight that you might have vision in your life again. Because when you have vision, you can run towards it. Recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. There is liberty. There is freedom for you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Let's talk about that victory that Jesus has for you. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Say that with me. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, listen to this. When you are, te- when you are going through a time when life hurts, when you are going through temptation, when you are going through a season, when you are tempted. So, so this is something that will happen. It's not so if you are tempted. It's when you are tempted. So don't get caught off guard. See, that's why we need to read the Bible more. Because sometimes we are caught off guard because we don't really know what the Bible is saying about us. And we're acting like, why is this happening? Well, because the Word of God says when you are tempted. So, it, you know, you. You, when you expect that you can prepare for it. 
I'm not saying you're walking around just thinking, oh, something bad is going to happen. No, no, no. But when the, uh, when the weapon is formed against you, you already know it will not prosper. And you can identify and say, no, no, they, what is happening right now is a weapon that's been formed. And so I declare right now it will not prosper in my life. It will not prosper in my family. It will not prosper in my emotions. You need to be able to identify what's going to happen for you to prepare for it. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. But check this out. He provides a way out so that you can endure it. That's just crazy to me. Because when we pray, when we worship, we're, we're thinking there's a way out so that we don't have to deal with it. But Jesus is saying, the word of God is saying, no, 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 I'll prepare a way so that you know how to endure it. Because sometimes we want to skip out on the process that is making you more precious. That is making you better. That is, that is adding value to your life. Now I'll be the first to say, John 10.10 10 says the enemy came to lie, steal, and destroy. When bad things happen, God's not the author of it. But God is also good enough to make all things work for your good. So when something bad is happening, whether it's sin, whether it's lack of faith, whether it's the enemy, whether it's just a situation that happens because of the imperfect world we live in, God is able to use that to produce something in you that will make you more weighty in the way you talk, that will give your testimony more weight. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, I don't know if we have it there, but 2 Corinthians 4.17, I might jump up, uh, uh, jump a little bit uh, within our notes. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 17, let me find it here. Uh, I don't even know where it is anymore. It says for the, yes it does. For this light momentary affliction, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Two things I want to highlight here. I know this, this is like a Bible class today, uh, but I, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain. And it's upon his word that we stand on so that when the wind blows, right, when the waves come, you are still standing because you are standing on this rock, which is Jesus and his word. And it says, for this light momentary affliction. Say that with me, momentary affliction. You, you have to remind the devil of what the word of God says too. It says, hey, devil, you want to extend this affliction, but the word of God says that this is just a light, momentary affliction. So make sure you make it momentary. But it says, but when we do go through this light and momentary affliction, it says it's preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. That it is, it is depositing a weight in your testimony, depositing a weight in your speech, depositing a weight in your walk and your talk, that you're not just some guy that has had the perfect world, that has had the perfect, you know, life, and is trying to get people who don't have that to get in on board because that's just not the truth. But when you go through things, it's like talking with, getting advice from someone that's been in debt and now knows how to get out of it. There's weight to his advice. And talking with the 13-year-old who's never been in debt because he's just got an amazing allowance. There's weight that happens when you go through these light momentary afflictions. 
So what do we have to do? I, I think we're asking the wrong question. When we're going through life and we're going through affliction, when we're going through phases where life hurts, we usually ask the question, why? Why is this happening? And it's not wrong to ask that question. I've asked it all, I ask it all the time. Why is this happening? Why did this happen? What did, like, what, why, what, why didn't you let me know? Like all these whys, whys, whys. You know, Jeremiah asked that question. Job asked that question. Jesus asked that question. He asked, well, why have you forsaken me? Why does this happen? And I've noticed in the Bible that God doesn't answer the question, why? And I, I believe in heaven these questions will be answered, but I believe the reason we don't have an answer is because we're asking the wrong question. That when you are going through affliction, when you are going through problems, the question is not why. The question is, what should I be doing, Father? What would you have me do in the middle of this? What, 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 is, what, does, your word, what does your word say? What should I do? I, I mentioned the story before, and I don't want to stay in it for a while, but uh, October 16th of 2020, I had one of the worst uh, pieces of information given to me by a doctor in my life, and it's that we had lost the baby. And at that moment when she said we had lost the baby, I, I knew that this wasn't, I just knew in my heart this wasn't a moment to fight. This wasn't a moment for resurrection. It, just, it was just something that, that I just recognized. And I started to cry immediately. If you know something, I'm super emotional. So I'm, I get happy quick, but I can also cry like this. Like it's my spiritual gift. Just pa. So I started to cry and I would see Carolina and Carolina was just in shock. And we get in the car, we call Pastor Joel. Uh, and, and we just let him know. And I'm distraught. I, have, I, I felt like I just needed to die. And, and I, I have just two levels in my life. Like, it's like, we're going to live and we're going to be happy or we can die. Like, it's just because that, that's how I react. There's no in-betweens for me. So I'm driving in the car, and I can tell this is dangerous that I'm driving the car right now. So, so we go Lakeland Drive to the Mr. Car Wash. And we just, we go through it, and then we, we're at the place where you vacuum, and we're just crying. We're just crying and crying, and I'm asking God, why? Why did this happen? You know, I mean, have you ever tried to give God a Bible lesson? You know, it's like, God, you know, you said be fruitful and multiply. You know, God, you said all these things, and like, why, 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 why? And I see my wife, and she's not asking questions, she's just I think she's about to give God the longest silent treatment in the world. Uh, and then all of a sudden, she just grabs her phone, connects it to the car, puts on the worship music. And I could tell she asked God, what? What should we do right now? And it says, just enter in. E enter in. I, I, I am the answer. She started to worship. It took me a few minutes to get into it because at first I was, I was mad. It's like, how, why do you want worship right now? This is death. This, this is something real that happened. I acknowledge it. Like I wanted her to just acknowledge it. She started to cry, started to worship God. I did too. And we just were in it for a while. I would love to say, and then after 30 minutes of worship, we were okay. We're like, let's try again. Uh, but none of the, it, it, was, it was momentary affliction because we're, we're over the pain of it. But it wasn't immediate. There are some things that you have to work through. 
And that's why God is with you. See, see, the, we read it in the Bible a lot. One of the victories that many people had in the Bible is that God was with them through the problem. Not only took the, the testimony of the three Hebrew children that went in the fire wasn't that the moment the fourth guy appeared, they were brought out. The, the, the testimony is also that the fourth guy was with them while they were in the fire. Like that, that is part of the testimony, not just that you get out of the fire, but that while the fire keeps on burning and nothing seems to change, there is a difference now, and it's the fourth man is with you now. Same thing in the lion's den. He spent all night in the lion's den. Instead of just angel appear, bring me out, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, bring me out of the lion's den. No, no, he's like, now I'm here, now we're going to go through this problem. Because there are some things that in the process of these moments, things will be produced in your life that add value to your testimony. That make you precious on this earth. That generate purpose in your life. Uh, Gethsemane is one of my favorite places to go when I go to Israel. And we go a a lot uh, to Israel, take people there and groups and stuff. And one of the things the guy told us once is... While you're in Gethsemane, there's a big olive trees. And said so the, the place of Gethsemane is known as the place of crushing, the place of pressure. The olive press is what Gethsemane means. It's a place where you are pressed. And when Jesus was there, he said it's, it's interesting because an olive, when it's pressed, generates three oils. An olive by itself is just an olive. But when it's pressed and when it goes through this process, three things come out of the olive. The first is it's oil that you can eat. You know, the salad oil, it comes from it. There's an oil that's an ointment that that helps to heal. And then there's the oil that is used in lamps that helps you direct. And he said, when Jesus was pressed, see, thank God he he went through the cross and was crushed for our iniquities, was bruised, was like the chastisement of our peace was placed upon him. Because when he did resurrect, there was, he became our healing. He, he became, uh, he became our, our guide. He, you know, he, he became our shepherd and we will not lack for anything because he supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. It's because of the pressing. So when we go through these problems, when we go through these times, we should be asking God, not why. But God, what would you have us do in this moment? How can, how can, I, how can I, I, I come out of this with weight? See, the, the, the testimony in my life is, is not just that now we have a daughter, Amanda, when we thought it was just going to be hard because we lost a baby and all these things. Now there's weight in our process. And now when other, and it's, I kid you not, over 10 I think around 10 couples have come to us in the past year and a half, told us that they've lost babies. There's this one girl lost a fallopian tube. Uh, Just bad, bad stuff happening and doctors telling them they could never, they could never. And because we've been through it, we can empathize with them, sympathize with them. I know the hurt, but I can also tell you of a victory that is possible in her life. See, John, so one of the coolest testimonies is a lady in Colombia. She, she lost, like, most of her reproductive system. And she's weeks away from having a baby right now. Because what is impossible for man 
is still, come on, is still possible for God. Now, I'm not saying it was me. No, no, it was God through me. That I understand now that there is a value in the pressing. That there is a value in the process. That I've, That's why we just read God will make a way so that you know how to endure the process. Because on the other side of enduring, there's a testimony that the devil cannot take away. And that he will hate the day he put you through that process. Because by the time you are finished with that process, you have a weight of glory that is eternal. That does not compare to the light of you just went through and now you can say I am still standing and now I have a testimony and we overcome by the word of our testimony by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that God is using these moments when there's hurt and there's pain to generate a testimony in your life so don't live in a state that was never meant to be permanent Exodus uh, 14 uh, has a story where the people of Israel are leaving Egypt, going through a time, years of pain. And they're leaving, and they're leaving blessed. And I, 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 we've, we've already talked about that, that whenever you leave a moment with God, you know, you'll, be, you'll leave more blessed than what you came in. Now, God is a restorer. The word of God says that he will restore even what the locust hath eaten. So everything that you've lost, you know, God can restore. He is a restorer. We, we sang about that right now. You know, he will redeem. He will restore. We know that. One of the coolest things I, I, I see in this story uh, as I finish is when they come into the, uh, sea, the Red Sea, uh, we've seen in the movies where Moses grabs the staff and hits the water and poof, it parts. And that's just theatrical, and it's amazing. But the true story, if you read it, it's in Exodus chapter 14, is that uh, he lifted his staff, and then it says that a light wind blew through the night. It took a while. It wasn't immediate. See, sometimes we don't recognize that God is already working because we think that if it's not immediate, then it's not God. But what God is doing is not just working on the situation. He's working on you. That, that we, so that's why it takes a while. It takes a while to believe in God that, you know, you raise the staff and nothing's happening. Just a slight breeze. And you're like, oh, boy. Because <laughs> like, the problem is still the same. But what is different? God is moving. That's what's different. It says it through the night, through the darkest moment. It says it blew that when they woke up the next morning, there was two walls of water on each side. And then there's something specific, it says, and then the land was dry. When recently I've been running through the Natchez Trace. And one of the things about running around there, and because it's been raining, is that they, every time I run through that place, there's mud on my shoes. Because when there, where there's been water, you know, the, the, the land is still wet. And so when I go back, my wife knows where I've been because of what's on my shoes. But then the word of God says that when they're walking through, the, the land is dry. Because God is a specialist in bringing you through problems where you don't even see a trace of what you've been through. That it's a dry land that is taking you through the problem to the other side where it's not on your feet. It's not on you. And I wrote it this way. What you've been through will not remain on you. What you are going through will not remain on 
on you. Listen, when the three Hebrew children came out, it said that they didn't even smell like the fire that they were in. When Daniel came out of the lion's den without a scratch of where he was in, and this is what we prophesy today, that whatever you are going through, I know it's hard, I know it's tough, but God not only gets you out, he's not only the way, but when you're on the other side, it's like you've never been through it before. It's like the joy has been restored and has been added, a joy that passes all, a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, a peace that passes all understanding, that guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's as if you've never been through it, where people question it. Didn't you just have a season? And you're like, yeah, a light momentary affliction. But now there's a weight of glory in me. Let me tell you about my God who went through it with me, who never left me, who never forsook me. And now I'm out on the other side. Hey, I feel like jumping a little bit. Come on, I feel like praising him a little bit. Highland Colony, I don't know about you. Fondren, I don't know about you. But I know a God who's been faithful. I have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. So I praise him today. I worship him today. God, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Uh, we, you might have to stay for next service and we can go all in. First Peter 5.10 says, and after you have suffered, after, 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 there, there is an after. Come on, there is an after. This is not eternal. This is not forever. There is an after. After you have suffered a little while. Again, you, you got to tell the enemy that sometimes. The word of God says this is for a little while. The God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself, he puts his name on there. He's like, I, I will be the one to restore you. Well, he will restore everything you have lost. Well, that, that's the God that we serve. It's like Job. You know, he, he, he restored. He said, I do, I do not know why. He asked God, why, why? But he does, uh, I do know what? I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that you are still alive. I know that you are still good. And it was restored unto him. Double for his trouble. Come on. He will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. His purpose for your life has not been lost. It's not lost in translation. It's not lost in seasons past. He himself will establish you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Father, that you, you recognize and you empathize and you sympathize with our hurt. You acknowledge what we are going through. And I thank you, Father, because you are good enough to never leave us or forsake us. And even through these perilous moments and these moments of affliction and of pain, of unbearable pain, I pray there is a peace that passes all understanding. 
that even through those moments guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Knowing this, that it is for a little while. And that although it's not God's purpose, he will still use this moment for your good. That on the other side of this affliction, there is a testimony that will shake this earth. Come on, there is a testimony that will shake your family. There is a testimony that, that will, will bring glory to God because of what you are going through right now. So we thank you, Father, that you give us peace, that you give us joy, that you also give us victory through this, that there is a victory on the other side. We thank you, Father, that we will walk out of this as if it never happened. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father.